Well, good evening once again, and I trust you're doing well. been praying for you folks, and I trust the Lord's been using these messages, His Word, to encourage us in the missions. Amen. What a great opportunity we have as God's people that God would allow us to be a part of His great work. Amen. Co-labors together with Him. What a great privilege. Again, I just want to uh, just thank you for allowing me to be part of this and uh, trusting the Lord is going to use this to call souls, uh, more laborers, and that God will use this conference perhaps to reach out in a greater way than we, we thought possible. And so God is able, amen, God is willing and able, and He's looking for some men and women who will just get on board and say, I want to do what I can for the glory of God in the area of missions. And so thank you once again for your part in missions. Thank you for your desire, and again, thank you, Pastor White, for uh, just your vision, and uh, not only in Surrey and in Canada, but around the world. And uh, Lord has blessed you there with missions and with the church family, and we're excited about what God is doing there, and look forward to hearing uh, what God will do. And so I kind of feel like Paul as I'm recording these messages, again, to an, uh, an empty, empty room here. And uh, as Paul was uh, desiring to see the uh, Christians at Thessalonica, and he wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, and of course this is not the message, but the verse just came to me. He said, But we, brethren, being taken from you from a short time in presence, not in heart, amen, endeavored uh, the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come to you, uh, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. You know, I desired to, to see your face, but all is going to happen is you get to see my face. And so I feel sorry for you, and I trust you can endure it. Endure to the end. Amen? And so all is good. And so we do know, it's an interesting verse, though, uh, what Paul says here. You know, Satan hindered us. And so we as Christians, uh, we need to be careful that we don't give Satan an opportunity to disrupt what God wants to do in our life. We as God's children, we know Satan is defeated because we are in Christ. But Satan, nonetheless, has a lot of influence in the world. And he is a prince of the air. And so, but we as God's children, he's got nothing on us. Amen. So we praise the Lord for that. But yet at the same time, we see that uh, Satan can do, uh, he still has influence. And so, but we thank God for his victory who causes us, Jesus causes us always to triumph in Christ. And so tonight, I want to talk a little bit about, we looked at the last, the first night, we looked at giving yourself to the Lord. And when we think about missions, it's all about giving. And God wants to use each and every one of His children in the area of missions. And this is something that should never cause us to fear or to yield ourselves to the Lord. And God wants to use His children to get the message of God's love to this world. And so we need to give ourselves to Him. If we truly want to be used in a great and mighty way, it's a matter of us giving our life, giving our life a living sacrifice unto God. And then we also looked at about giving, um, giving the gospel. We need to be a part. When we give our life to God, what does God have for us? Well, I believe that He has us. He wants us to be 
a part of missions. And that's just part of the Christian life. It's not all that pertains to the Christian life, but uh, we ought, every one of us ought to be involved in missions in our Christian life. And of course, the greatest purpose of us is to glorify God in our body. And, uh, and that we glorify God and we worship Him and we praise Him. And when we worship and praise Him the way He deserves to be worshipped, guess what? Our hearts will be knit with His and we'll have His desire. It will be God that will work in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And so the closer you get to God, the more of a desire, the greater desire God will place in your heart for His work. Amen. And so give yourself to God. And when you give yourself, let, allow God to work in your, in your heart and to motivate you, create a fire in your heart in the, in the area of missions and uh, soul winning and being a part of the church, being part of what God is doing there in Surrey, uh, getting involved in missions, getting involved in the college there and, and uh, learning all that you can from the Lord. As I said last time, the time is short. You know, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And so we only have one life to serve Jesus Christ. We have only this life that God's given to us to serve Him. In eternity, we will not serve Him, though we will worship Him for all eternity. But what we can do for Christ has to be done this side of eternity. And so uh, when this life is over, we'll stand before Him. And I trust each and every one of us will be able to stand before Him unashamed and hear those words of our Lord and Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I look forward to, the, to that day. I want to hear those words, amen, and I'm excited about that. And so, uh, having said that, I want to be involved in every area and uh, what God wants, uh, I want to be involved in what God has for my life. And so, I believe one of the areas is missions, and I'm grateful that God's allowed me to serve Him in various uh, capacities in the area of missions. And so, we praise the Lord uh, for His calling, for His enabling, and for His abundant grace. And so, tonight, I want to talk about a giving of our finances. And oh, you knew that was going to come, eh? Touching our wallets. And so, uh, just hang on. It'll be all good and uh, it won't hurt a bit. And that's what they always tell you when they... When you go to the dentist, oh, you won't feel a thing until I stick this needle in your mouth. <laughs> so, but no, uh, we'll see from the Word of God that God has a plan and God wants to use us. And God, uh, and, 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 and we look at missions, uh, getting the, mis uh, the message of the gospel around the world, it's going to cost money. It's going to cost us something if we're going to get involved in missions. And uh, when we're walking with the Lord, we have a relationship with Him. God is dear to our hearts and uh, we know Him and we know the power of God. Guess what? Giving to, to, giving to God will never hurt. It will be an honor and it will be a joy. And that's as we'll see from the scriptures from the lesson tonight. That's what God's desire is as we'll see in, from the scriptures. And so I trust that you'll open your heart, open your wallet and uh, allow God to speak to our hearts and to see what it is that he wants us to learn about giving, financing missions. And as I said before, the gospel message is free. We have received salvation. Um, it cost us nothing. It cost Jesus Christ everything. But it's going to cost us, it's going to cost the church uh, money to get the gospel around the world. And so we just praise the Lord that God gives us the, uh, everything we need to do the work of the ministry and the ministry of the gospel. And so we praise God for that. Again, I'll, let me draw your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, uh, verse of scripture that is uh, probably a little bit familiar with us today already. 
study, or during this conference, excuse me. And so beginning in verse number 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, it says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, Paul was talking here about God's grace enabling the churches of Macedonia. Now, let me just say this. Without Christ, we can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 5 says, Without me, ye can do nothing. And what I mean to say with that is that God has called us to be partners with Him. God has invited us to be partners and to, co to be co-laborers with Jesus Christ. Now understand this. God doesn't need anything that we can give Him. We have nothing we can offer to God that will make Him a better person, a better God. We have nothing we can give to Him that God needs. God desires to use us. And when we surrender our life to Him, God gives us of His grace, of His goodness, His influence upon our hearts. He enables us by His grace to do what God's invited us and called us to do. We're not dependent on ourselves. We're not dependent on our own power. It's not in our own ability to do what God's called us to do. It's not that God needs help. God desires us to be a part of what God wants to do in this world in the area of mission. So the grace that he's talking about here is, is that God gave them everything that they need that, uh, that God wanted to do in and, and through their life. And so we thank God for that. That takes the pressure off of us. Amen. Now, if you think of missions, you think of reaching a world of where we're now about 8 billion people upon the face of the earth. And God's told the church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We look at that and say, it's impossible for us to do this. How can we do this? It's not our responsibility to, to, uh, uh, to uh, conjure up the power and the strength to do it, the wherewithal. God says, I'm just looking for people who will be faithful. You leave it up to me. It's like what he's told the disciples in Acts chapter number 1, verse 8. He says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. And so that's what we need. The church needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And if we attempt to do God's work in the flesh, we will not make it. We will, not, uh, we will fail. We will burn out. We will get discouraged. We will get uh, depressed. And we will be overwhelmed at what God's asked us to do. But when we see what God wants to do in and through us by His power, because then He is able, amen, and it's not on us. It's that with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. So we need to learn this. As Paul was talking about the churches of Macedonia, he says, I do you to wit. He says, I want you to understand. I give you a witness of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. You know, when you think of the, the Apostle Paul, and of course Paul was one of the greatest missionaries that we read about, and, and God used that man in a great and mighty way, and we read about his story. We can read about his missions, the trips, that he, uh, the uh, journey, missionary journeys that Paul went on and the churches that he started and the souls that were saved. And we see the grace of God upon his life. And though Paul was greatly used of God, it didn't come without a price. 
It didn't come without persecution. It didn't come without difficulties. In fact, if you read in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, Paul gives testimony of some of the things that he went through, some of the trials and persecutions and suffering that Paul endured for the gospel's sake. And you look at some of these things and says, how can Paul endure what he endured and still stay faithful to the one who called him? Amen. I mean, you think of all the things that Paul, the beatings, he says, of the Jews received I five, uh, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 24. And then going down to verse number 25, it says, Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness. And Paul's like, when's it going to stop? And he keeps going, and perils in the sea, and perils among uh, false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold, in nakedness, and besides all these things, the care of these things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, daily had this heaviness, the care of all the churches, my soul, when is Paul going to quit? When is he going to give up? But it wasn't in his strength, amen? And praise God for that. And uh, look what he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. He says, uh, uh, talking about the vision that he saw, that he was taken up to, uh, to heaven, he got to see, the, was taken up to the third heaven, and he saw things that weren't lawful to, or he heard things that weren't lawful to speak. I believe he saw the splendor of heaven, and he was taken up to the third heaven. He saw and he heard some things, and boy, I just don't know all that he says because he doesn't talk about it. And uh, then he goes, he said, because I have been given this revelation. And so he said, I have seen things that nobody else, no human ever has had the privilege to see and live and come back to earth and talk about it. And he says, lest I should be lifted up with pride, there was given to me a messenger of Satan in verse number seven to buffet me, to, to buff, that word means to beat, it means to repeatedly beat his body, and it was a messenger of Satan, and we, you know, we don't understand this, and, and, and God allowed this to come into Paul's life, and so that Paul would remain humble, and, and then that Paul would remain dependent upon the grace of God. Look what he says here, and, he's, and uh, as he says in verse number eight, he says, for this thing I sought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. He went to God. He says, God, I think I can be a better servant for you. I think I can be more effective if you would take this thorn of the flesh from me. I believe I can do so much more for you if I, had a, if I didn't have this thorn in the flesh. Again, I think Paul was probably thinking to himself, uh, kind of relying on his own ability and his own strength. He says, if you take this thorn away from me, I can do so much more. And look what Jesus' response was in verse number 9. And how, how many times we've quoted this verse. And how many times we've run to this passage of Scripture when we've gone through difficulties. And uh, verse number 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. 
And that's the truth. Amen. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And look what he says. Look at what Paul's response or response to the uh, to the response what Jesus Christ gave him after he asked him to remove this thorn of the flesh. He says, most gladly. He didn't say most begrudgingly. Well, if I have to, I have No, no, no. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, <laughs> listen to Paul, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Oh, can we say that? Boy, how many of us have complained and griped at the uh, restrictions that we're on, that we're in and under, and whatever you want to call it. We hate it. We don't like it. We grumble. We murmur. Oh, if this would pass. And I understand the frustration. But Paul here, he says, Hey, most gladly will I therefore glory in my infirmities that the powers of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen? And that's where we need to come to in our life. If we want to be involved in missions, we need to have the grace of God upon our life to do what He's called us to do, to, to be a part in missions. And how great it is to be a part of such a great work that God is involved in, being able to spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. And uh, God wants us, God wants His children to be a part of that. And understand this, don't fear what God might ask you to do in the area of finances. God's grace is sufficient. God can enable us. God can provide what, what, uh, what He wants to do in and through us. Again, it's not dependent upon us, but it's dependent upon the grace of God. And so I want to look at a few things here this, uh, this evening in the area of giving and the principle of giving. And the first point I want to look at tonight is the uh, purposing of missions giving. The purposing of missions giving. Let's go now to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. And um, beginning in verse number... Um, oh, let me see here. Lost my spot. And verse number 7 in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7. And it says here, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. What a great verse of Scripture that we use uh, in, in the area of missions, in the area of giving to, to the Lord's work here. But we see here uh, the purposing of missions. The main idea of this verse is that the act of giving should be voluntarily. It should be voluntary. Uh, voluntarily, excuse me. We should give from the heart and not from the head. Amen. When we look at the area of missions, and you know what a lot of times what happens in our Christian in our Christian life, uh, we're so conditioned, we have a budget, we have a plan, and we have everything worked out. Our bill, our, our electrical bill comes at such and such a date, and our auto insurance comes at this date. We have everything planned out. We have, we have all our money accounted for. We know where our money is going. We know uh, uh, where every dollar, every penny, or now nickel, goes. And so we're careful. We know about our finances but yet God wants to use us, use the money He's blessed us with to finance His great work. And so we have to come to the point and say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And that we would be willing, as the churches of Macedonia, as they were willing of themselves, they were willing to give, in verse number 3, to give in the area of missions. 
Are you and I willing to give of our finances? Now, of course, finances is something that's very, very touchy to a lot of people, and even Christians. And yeah, there's been a lot of churches who have abused uh, this doctrine, have abused the teaching on money, have taken advantage of some good, sincere, kind-hearted people, and have ripped them off, and it's sad that things of that uh, things like that have happened in the church. But nonetheless, uh, Jesus Christ, the church that God has started, the church that, uh, where God is God, He still has a plan. And we don't need to fear that God is going to take our money and rip us off. And uh, we have to understand that God still has churches that are involved in missions, that are still biblical in giving. And so don't, uh, don't allow Satan to plant these thoughts in your mind that, oh, if you give to this church, that somehow you're going to get ripped off and the pastor's going to take this money and run away with it. I don't believe that's going to happen because uh, I know your pastor a bit. I know what's going on and I know his heart and I know he believes the Bible. So you can have faith in God and faith in your pastor and faith in the church that they're doing the right thing. I mean, look at the missions you've been supporting. And so you praise the Lord for what God is doing. But when it comes to giving, when it comes to finances, a lot of people get very uptight about that. But we ought not uh, get uptight. Know your Bible. Know what God wants you to do. Know what a biblical church is. And you can have confidence in giving to God's work and giving to the ministry and being a part and enjoying the blessings of financing God's great work. Amen. What a great joy it is to be a part of that. And so, uh, but here we see the, the purposing of giving. In, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, as we just read, you know, God is not going to lay uh, an amount on your heart that you cannot give. When we talk about faith promise giving, we're talking about where you, get, uh, where you go to God and you're willing to give, you're willing to be a part of this. Now, this isn't a commandment. Uh, God wants us to be a part of this. Uh, God wants us to be a part in missions. In uh, and, and missions giving, as Paul says here, he says, I'm not, as he says, this is not a commandment. He says, I want, God wants you to give. The verse that we just read here in verse number seven, he says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And so God wants us to give with a cheerful heart. And so when we think about faith promise giving or grace giving, uh, God's, we're not talking about giving an amount or giving to missions something that you and I just can't afford. And yet we say it's, we give by faith. But let me explain a little bit what, what I believe Paul here is meaning when he's talking about giving, uh, giving by faith. And so faith promised mission, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, is talking about they of their willing mind, and they had committed themselves, they were, they were going to give, and they said they promised that they were going to give so and so much as the Lord had laid upon their hearts. And so when we talk about faith promised giving. What we need to do as God's children, being, uh, being willing to be a part of missions, we go to God and say, God, I want to be a part in financing missions. I want to I use my fi the finances you've given me to help spread the gospel around the world. 
for world evangelization. I'm concerned about souls that are around the world. And I want to give to this great mission, this, the, uh, uh, give to the, uh, uh, to the great commission, excuse me. And so we go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? What is it that I can trust you with to give me so that I can give to missions? See, we just want to be a conduit uh, of God's grace, of God giving to us so that we can give to others. And so we go to God in prayer and we ask God and we take this time serious. It's not just a, a, a quick prayer and say, Lord, what do you want me to give? And uh, maybe God will give you the answer in, in a short time like that. But if, uh, if you're struggling, you don't know exactly what God wants you to give as far as, fine, uh, as, far as your finances are concerned in the area of faith promise giving take some time get alone with God husbands and wife get alone with God and pray and say God what is it that you want us to do how much do you want us to give in faith promise giving Oh, we've been, my wife and I, we've been involved in faith promise giving when pretty much when we started coming to church here when we got saved and it was a new a teaching to us. We didn't know anything about missions and uh, in fact, we had never really been taught about giving and I was 30 years old when we started coming to this church here and so we were learning for the first time, even tithing. We were learning uh, of now being involved in missions and, and being a part of God's great work. And we could have a part in that. Not only to be involved in giving out the gospel, but we could have a part in sending forth uh, uh, the, uh, the gospel message around the world. And so uh, we've been involved in missions for many, many years. And I have never come up short with money. You know, sometimes people will say, well, I would love to give to missions. I would love to give to faith promise, but I just can't. My budget is so tight. We have no money left over. Let me just encourage you by the word of God, by God's promises. If you'll commit to trust God to give to missions, God will see to it that you'll have money for your needs. God is not going to shortchange you. You cannot outgive God. And this is where faith comes in, trusting God that God will provide for you for your needs and to be involved in faith promise giving. I was talking to a missionary a while ago and we were talking about giving and uh and he was uh, in, a, in a financial bind, and uh, boy, he just he got uh, over his head in finances. And uh, so I was speaking to him, and I just asked him, I said, how are you? I said, with the financial difficulties that you're in, I said, uh, how are you? I asked him, are you involved in faith promise giving? And he says, you know what? I have quit giving to faith promise giving. I said, how can you as a missionary teach your people to give? By faith, when you yourself cannot trust God for your need. I said, you need to start giving to faith promise. I said, even if it's a dollar, even if God, if, if you don't think you can give more than a dollar, then you need to give a dollar, but you need to be involved in trusting God, being an example, especially as a missionary, being in an example of the believer that you can trust God. If you can't, if you can't trust God, how are you going to convince your people that they can trust God? Oh, be involved in missions. God will meet your need. I remember going in, when I was in Bible college preparing for the ministry. Uh, Bible college, it costs money. I was uh, the, uh, the loan provider of our household. We had uh, three children. They were homeschooling. My wife didn't work outside the home when our children were growing up. And, and we had, of course, mortgage payments. We had vehicle payments, college payments, all the other payments that were due. Uh, we had our, uh, our your regular um, um, 
groceries that we had to pay for a family of five. And I wasn't making a lot of money. I couldn't work a lot of overtime because I was in college. So yet times were tight. And yet we were faithful in giving to our uh, giving tithes. And we were faithful in giving to missions. Every year we were in Bible college, we gave to Faith Promise. We gave to, the, uh, we gave to missions and we never came up short. We never missed a meal. We never missed a payment. We, never, uh, we were never without our needs met. God saw to it that our needs were met every step of the way. Was it always an, an over and of abundance of money? No, we didn't have that. We didn't need it. But God met our need and we could still be involved in missions and giving to missions. You know, looking at it from our head, from our perspective, as we would write out the, uh, our check and our budget, and we would look at everything and say, this just doesn't make sense. And uh, one of the first temptations you take when you want to give with your head instead of giving from your heart, you look at your finance and you say, it's not possible, we can't give. God will enable every single one of us to give. Look at the churches of Macedonia, how that in verse number uh, 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, it says, How that in a great trial of affliction, I believe they were being persecuted uh, for their faith. He says, The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, there was many churches. There was a lot of money that was given. This wasn't given just by one individual. It was given by a collection of churches of Macedonia as they got together and said, what can we do in the area of giving to God's work? How can we give? We don't have a lot. We don't have much to give, but that what we have give, we can give to God, and God can take our little and make it much. Again, God is not needed. God doesn't need our money. He wants our heart. That's what we mentioned in the beginning of the message. They gave themselves first to God. When we give ourselves to God first of all, He has all that He wants and all that He needs from you and from, and from me. And so, But here the church, they were in deep uh, affliction. They were being persecuted. And yet through all of this, they had the abundance of their joy walking with God, knowing who God was, knowing that God was their protector. And he says, and in a deep poverty, and not just poverty, but Paul says, a deep poverty. And he didn't just say this because he heard somebody else talking about the poor saints of Macedonia. Verse number three, he says, no, he says, for, their, uh, for to their power I bear record. He says, I know these Christians. I know the poverty that they're in. He says, and I've seen the grace of God do something so spectac spectacular in the life of these Christians. And I, now he is encouraging the church, the Corinth, hey, to do the same. You can trust God to do the same. You can trust God uh, to do a great work of grace in your life in the area of missions. And so uh, we need to be involved in missions. And then what a great joy it is to see God come through, to see the faithfulness of God. When you say, I don't have a whole lot, but I'm going to pray to God. And God lays a number, God lays an amount on your heart, and you know it by faith that that's what God's told you to do. And you say, by faith, this is what we're going to give. And God we're going to trust you for it. We're going to trust you uh, to meet our every need. God is faithful. Amen. He's always been faithful. And so here, uh, we need to be a part of giving. Now again, uh, when you pray that uh, for a mount that God wants you to give. Now again, we talk about uh, giving by faith. We mean that you go to God, God lays a number on your heart. And by faith, you believe that. And by faith, you give that. 
Now, God's not going to do something so outlandish that you're going to say, well, this is not even realistic. Uh, um, for example, God, if you're making $60,000 a year, and God, you go to God and say, God, what do you want us to do in the area of faith promise? What do you want us to do in the area of missions? And, and you come up from that prayer time and, God, and you say, well, God wants us to give $60,000. You might want to go back and pray a little more because you need money to live. Uh, you need money to pay your bills. You need money to tithe, first of all, if you're giving all your money. You understand what I'm saying? With God, God is reasonable, amen? God's not going to ask us to do something that is out of character for us and for Him. Uh, for example, we were in a missions conference years ago when we were on deputation, and uh, there was a sweet young lady in a church, and she had a desire to get involved in missions. She was a... Um, uh, she, was a, uh, she wasn't a single mother, but her husband was sick. He couldn't work for most of the time. And uh, so she was the uh, main one um, providing for her family, working a part-time job and taking care of her, her son. And so she was financially strapped. She didn't have a lot of money. But she had such a huge heart uh, for missions. And so she committed, and when, their, when the faith promise or when their missions conference came around, uh, she went to God and she prayed and she just said, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to give. And she, and she had this amount that she believed the Lord laid on her heart. And uh, she, the only way she could, uh, she could uh, fulfill her commitment to the Lord was using her credit card to withdraw money to give the faith promise. That was not her money. That's not how God operates. Bible says, uh, of the, of, uh, he says, therefore, as ye abound in every, uh, sorry, um, verse number eight, he says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of, of others to prove the sincerity of your love. Uh, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And that's not the verse that I was looking for, but nonetheless it's a good verse, and I lost my verse here. But Paul is talking about uh, God is not, God's going to ask you to give of what you have, not of what you do not have. And so God is reasonable, amen? And when we talk about giving by faith, it's talking, we're talking about we go to God, God lays an amount on our heart that we know we can give, but it's going to take faith in God to meet those commitments. And so that's how God works. Can God do anything? Absolutely He can. You know, some people say, well, if I had a million, if God, if God told me to give a million dollars to faith promise, I just believe He's going to give it. God doesn't operate that way. He can, He can give us what He wants, but God works in, in, in where we live in reality. And so uh, don't be scared going to God that God's going to all of a sudden give this outlandish number uh, to you where you're going to have to now get three part-time jobs on the side and try to make that. No, no. God is not a taskmaster. That's not how God operates. God wants us to give joyfully as we read in verse number 7. Let every man according as he purposes in his heart. By faith, trusting in God, he says, So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
God doesn't want you to walk through this Christian life as, oh, I just committed to faith, promise giving, and oh, I have to give all my money, and boy, life is miserable. That's not what God's interested in. Again, God doesn't need your money. We, are, we go to God because we love Him, and because He's placed a love in our hearts for souls, we say, God, I want to give to show you, to prove to you that I have a love for you. Amen? And that's what God wants to do in our hearts. He wants us to be a cheerful giver. And uh, let me just say this, and we'll probably have to close it uh, for, for tonight. But um, if you're not involved in giving tithes, then you have no business in getting involved in faith promise. Now, you know, of course, we're not going to talk about the doctrine of tithing today. And, you know, some will say, well, tithing is Old Testament and we're not under the old law anymore. Well, that aside for now, uh, giving the tithe, the principle of the tithe giving was before the law. We saw it in Abraham after he came back from the slaughter, slaughters of the king. He met uh, uh, the uh, Melchizedek and he gave uh, a, a tithe to Melchizedek. Uh, Melchizedek, and we see that the principle of tithing was way before the law even entered in, uh, before the law ever came. So that when we talk about the principles of giving, uh, when we look at the church, the tithe is what we, every one of us is commanded to give. We give God our tithe, and that is to take care of the churches. We see that in the Old Testament, the principles of giving as the uh, as the Israelites gave to the temple, to the uh, to the temple worship to the Levites, so that they could do the uh, worship of the priests. And and we see that the tithe is to take care of the church. Your your tithes that you give is to take care of the home front. That the church's needs are met. That your pastor can live off the tithe and the, the ministry and all that takes that it takes to run the church to pay the electrical to pay the rent or whatever the costs that the church has it needs to be taken care of from that tithe and so uh, don't say well I don't really believe in tithe or I don't really can't afford my tithe so I'm just going to give it to faith promise no you're doing you're disobedient in the first commandment you are in the first uh, thing that you need to give and that is your tithe and so uh, don't uh, don't skip one to do the other and hopefully they'll balance out don't know be obedient in what God's called us to do and so uh, don't be scared about giving. Don't allow this thought of giving of your finances to mission scare you from doing the will of God and enjoying the blessings of God, enjoying the grace of God. As Paul gave testimony of the churches of Macedonia, the grace of God bestowed on them. You know what? God wants to bestow uh, His grace upon your life, but it, takes re it, it requires obedience. It requires us trusting in God as we give to Him and He gives to us. Amen. So don't be scared of giving. And we're going to end it here today. But I want to, uh, we'll continue this tomorrow a little bit. I want to finish off on the area of giving. But why don't you already pray during this missions conference, and perhaps you already have, and praying and asking God what it is that God would have you to do in the area of giving to faith promise, being involved in missions. And if you're having a hard time letting go of that dollar, why don't you go to God and say, God, would you strike a love in my heart for you and a love for missions, a love for the souls of this world. And when God gives you that love and God gives you uh, that compassion that he has, we'll have no problem giving. We'll have no problem, problem surrendering our little into God's hand and watching him use it for his honor and for his glory. Amen. Don't be fearful. Only trust Him. Amen. Let's close in prayer and we'll be, just, uh, we'll be done tonight. Thank you, Lord, again. 
uh, for the, uh, uh, your word and for your examples that we have in Scripture of your people throughout uh, the age, how they've given to missions. And Father, it's uh, just amazing what you do in the life of a believer, in the life of a church that is involved in missions. And Lord, you can take our little and make it much. And Lord, you're always faithful to meet our needs. Lord, as we look at the rest of this message tomorrow, Lord, we'll just again see, Lord, your faithfulness. And Lord, that you can be trusted. So, Father, help us. Help us to have a a desire. Lord, give us that desire uh, to be involved in your great work. And Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you will do. And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have a great night. God bless. See you tomorrow.